0: Welcome to everybody and um, just to uh, say that this um, what's going on this morning um, we're really excited for this morning and John's going to be sharing later and we want to sort of be giving as much time as we can for a bit of ministry as well for one another so um, and uh, you know we Ben and Vicky are gonna be leading in in worship as well. So just to start, um, I was just wondering how to start this off. And um, we saw a little clip of those who were watching last week at the end of um, the service. And it was the, um, um, the My King, Dr. S.M. Lockridge wasn't it it was just the last little bit and we looked at that um, on Thursday the extended version about my king and what he means to us and thinking about his attributes Um, and uh, that was that was really you know really good to sort of be able to focus on that and um, I just want to start with a psalm um, with some of God's um, attributes and a, a some praise to him just to focus us before we start and it's psalm 145 and it says i will exalt you my god the king i will praise your name forever and ever every day i will praise you and extol your name forever great is the lord and most worthy of praise his greatness no one can fathom one generation will commend your works to another He is slow to anger and is rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord, and your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom And your dominion endures through all the generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises. He's loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. And the Lord watches over all who love him. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever. So we just pray and just give the service to to God this morning. Father, I just thank you that we can exalt you. We can lift you up. We can give you praise. And we can praise you in whatever um, circumstance, whatever situation we are in. You are my king. You are our king. And you love us. And you have that compassion on us. And Father, you see each of us individually in um, our homes. Help us just to connect one with another. I just ask that in your precious name. Amen.
1: Praise is rising. Eyes are mm. presence. All our fears washed away, washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna. You are the God who saves us. you worthy of all our praise. Hear, lord jesus oh hero of heaven you conquered the grave you free every captive break every chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom Our King, come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what a Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven you conquered the grave you free every captive break every chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom awake and alive oh jesus our savior your name lifted high oh god you have done great You conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done. break every chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom awake and alive oh jesus our savior your name lifted high oh god you have done great things
2: maybe right now where you are in your home just declare uh, one thing just one thing that god has been for you this week not for any audience on this zoom but for the audience of one just for god just declare to him that you acknowledge it that you've witnessed it that you've received it and you're thankful for it whatever that is his grace his mercy his forgiveness his healing Father, we thank you. On this Palm Sunday, we declare, Jesus, you are the King. As we gather together, we declare that you are the King. And we ask now, will your kingdom come? In the different circumstances and situations and emotions and everything else we find ourselves in, We invite you now, God, King of Kings, by your Spirit, will you just be with us? Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are doing great things. We declare that you are above it all. You are unshakable. You have and are and will do great things. We declare that you are God. Amen. Amen. Guys, just to let you know there's some notices and stuff in the in the chat. Um, various things happening. Uh, they all kind of explain themselves. So please do look at that. Um, Uh, what we've got planned this morning is we're going to take communion together, uh, which is what we do every month on Zoom. We kind of come back to just being a family where we can see each other and uh, we take communion together. So we are going to do that, but I just felt this week, God was just saying uh, to me, I felt that he just wanted to meet with us, that he just wanted to presence himself with us and I've no idea what that really looks like on Zoom um, but we're going to give it a go and we'll see what God does and we'll see where we end up um, and I, I just I just felt God was saying um, you know there's something about his presence that he wants to pour out today uh, on young and old so kids great to see you on Zoom as well uh, I think God's got something for us this morning um, and so uh, we're going to dive into his word uh, and we're just going to let him speak and then we're going to give him some space and time just to move amongst us Uh, Ben and Vicky, I'll invite them just to come and play and we're just going to let God do what God wants to do and see what happens and then we'll take communion together. Um, but I'm just—I'm excited for this season. Um, I'm excited because um, of what God is doing amongst us uh, and in and through us, and uh, I can just see uh, something uh, of of what He is is weaving through this church. And uh, I think this season, this reminder of as we enter into Holy Week, of we've got Resurrection Easter Sunday coming in a week's time. I think there's something of 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 what He's speaking into our church that that sort of is summed up in this whole week of what we've been through, where we're going, what he's doing, because it's it's a week of ups and downs, isn't it? If you read the scriptures of Holy Week, it's a week of ups and downs. And uh, I was reading Matthew's account of, um, of kind of Holy Week of this, uh, the crucifixion and um, Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday, just reading that uh, in Matthew's account. And it, it blew me away because um, I always remember like, we grew up in the anglican church so i remember good friday being a big deal you know we'd we'd gather and things would happen on good friday and 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 that's what it was and then easter sunday we'd all come together and have a big party uh, at our church and it was fantastic but i never really remember much of easter saturday Uh, i don't ever remember anything being spoken about it i don't remember any kind of conversations around it it just wasn't a day that was even thought of it was just the the day that fell between friday and sunday um but i don't know about you but i I've been really struck by Easter Saturday this year probably because of everything we're going through and have been through but that day where everything seems confusing that in-between time where um, we're, we're living in the reality of who Jesus is and what he has done, but the fulfilment of that, his resurrection is kind of only being seen in part and even our experience through lockdown and, and Covid and the confusion and the, the everything that was black and white kind of goes to grey, those things that we thought we had control of suddenly they've slipped through our fingers, it's that Holy Saturday experience I think and I was reading uh, Matthew 27, I just want to invite you just to read it with me. Matthew 27, starting in verse 62. We're just going to draw some stuff from this this morning and then invite God to come and meet with us. And it says in verse 27 in Matthew, verse, uh, sorry, chapter 27, verse 62. It says the next day, which followed the preparation day. Sorry, no, verse 57. You'd have thought I know what I'm preaching from. We're in verse 57, not 52, 62. Sorry. Chapter before, uh, verse before it says when it was evening, a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph came. Verse 57. That's definitely what I'm preaching on this morning. Who himself had become a disciple of Jesus. He approached Pilate and asked for Jesus's body. Then Pilate ordered it that it be released. So Joseph took the body, wrapped it in clean, fine linen and placed it in his to- in the new tomb, which he had cut out of the rock. He left after rolling the great stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were seated there facing the tomb. Just. That especially the end of that passage. But what we see here is that Joseph of Arimathea. This we're told is a rich man, um, and uh, he's become a follower of Jesus. So he goes to Pilate. Pilate, the one who has washed his hands of um, of Jesus, and and said, you know, to that rioting crowd, you you do with him what you want to do with him. Um, It's nothing to do with me. Uh, uh, Joseph goes to Pilate and says, can I have the body of Jesus? And he takes the body and wraps it in this clean cloth that some people believe is a a picture of Jesus' purity, his sinlessness. And he places him in this new tomb. Uh, Apparently Jesus didn't have a tomb. There wasn't any family tomb. Joseph creates this new tomb uh, and he rolls this stone across probably to keep grave robbers out or animals out, because what would happen is the body would be put in the tomb. It would become bones. They would go back into the tomb and gather the bones and put them in a box. Uh, I've had the privilege of seeing some of those kind of tombs that it would have been like in Jerusalem. Uh, and they keep those boxes with the bones in. Um, and 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 so Joseph uh, of Arimathea, he puts Jesus' body in this tomb. He rolls this stone away and two words that just jumped out as I read this passage. It's The beginning part uh, partway through verse 60. It says he left. Those two words. I'm just reading that that those few verses, and it's just he left. After rolling the stone against the entrance of the tomb, he left. Joseph places Jesus' body in this tomb, rolls this stone across, and he leaves. He goes away. And I just saw that in just such contrast to the next verse in verse 61 where it says Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were seated there facing the tomb. See, we've got one event. Full of so many emotions, so many fears, so much confusion. But we see two responses. We see Joseph's response, and and I think it speaks into something of where we are as a church—not just oasis, but I mean the church globally. Where we see in Holy Saturday, in that moment of confusion, that moment of heightened emotions, where everything is chaos, we see Joseph's response. He leaves. See, some will do that on the Holy Saturday of life. Some will shut the tomb close it up where that place where all hope seems to have died where there's no possibility there's nothing anything new god can't do anything we'll shut the door and we'll leave we'll walk away there's no doubt that that joseph is fearful there's no doubt that he's anxious he's a disciple of jesus the text tells us he's following jesus does he fear that he's next the other disciples i think did and it says that he left i'm reading that i'm going where did he go in that moment of confusion in doubt When Jesus is dead in a tomb where does he go? Well the the text doesn't tell us but we we know where we're tempted to go. Over this past year when we've had the emotions that we've had and the anxiety and the fear and the confusion and the, the loss of control where have we been tempted to go? When God seems distant and we can't see him where are we tempted to go? Where do the other disciples go? They're experiencing probably the same emotions. Where do they go? Well we see that in their sense of anxiety and feeling abandoned and fear, we see that they go and lock themselves in a room. See, their emotions have led them to the place of isolation. Let's shut the, let's shut the door. Let's lock out the world. Let's just let's try and get some kind of control over this. Let's keep that horrible world out. All that confusion. Let's keep it far away because we can't make sense of it. So we'll take control of what we can control and we'll shut everything out and we'll isolate ourselves away. Totally understandable to have those feelings. But where do they lead us? It says that they're in that locked room because of fear. Fear has led them to the place of isolation. Where's that loss of control this year led you? We see for the disciples throughout this story, as they seem to lose control of everything they thought they understood who Jesus was. We see anger start to come out. Peter slicing off the the guard's ear that comes to get uh, Jesus. An outright a moment of outrage from Peter is—he's this isn't how it's meant to be. This isn't—I've got to control this damage limitation. As he as he denies Jesus and and, and says the 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 girl questions him at that bonfire and says, you know, you're one of his, aren't you? No, nothing to do with me. Let's just try and keep this all together as much as I can because if I can control it, then it's okay. Everything will be okay. But what happens when all that stuff that is black and white starts to turn to grey? We see Thomas. He he makes it about himself. I think it's a bit of a disservice to call him doubting Thomas. I just think he's realistic. I think he's like the rest of us. I think he's just being who many of us are. And his emotions have led him to that place to make it all about him. And he says, unless I touch you, Jesus, unless I'm the one to experience this, this has got to be about my experience and it's me, myself. Unless I do this, then I'm not going to believe because it's in this moment of of complete fear, of anxiety, of loss of control. We go inward and it becomes about our own needs. Maybe in this season, other emotions start to come up, guilt and shame of certain things. We see that with Judas and it leads him to take his own life. Maybe for others, we suppress the feelings. I can't help but read Joseph of Arimathea, who takes that body of Jesus. I I can't even imagine what the body of Jesus looked like in that moment. And yet he wraps it up in clean linen cloth. How many of us can do that? Our world is falling apart, but to everybody else, we just put on the clean. It's all OK. All of those wounds, all of that pain, let's just cover it all up. It's all going to look OK. We've Got a nice, clean, white linen cloth. It's all OK. We suppress the feelings and pretend they're not there because then they may just go away. This past year, I'm going to be honest and so I've been tempted to run to every single one of those places that I've just listed. Every single one of them at some point during this last year. My feelings have led me or, or have pulled me to leave and walk towards one of those things. When we experience what we've experienced, where are we tempted to leave to? When Jesus is dead in a tomb, where do we go? when life is beyond our ability to control it, where do we go when hope is dead and we're caught between death and resurrection, that time of chaos and confusion, when actually death seems a lot closer because resurrection, I'm not that convinced that the disciples knew that resurrection was coming the next day. I don't think Joseph walked away going, it's all going to be okay because Jesus is going to rise again tomorrow. The disciples are locked in that room thinking it's all going to be okay because Jesus is coming back. That's not their experience. That's not what they're feeling. Where do we go when we're asking the question, will I ever get back that which I've lost? I think society is asking that question at the moment. Will we ever get back that which was taken away from us? Joseph leaves the tomb, rolling a stone across the entrance. Now contrast that with the two Marys. The two Marys, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, are sat opposite the tomb, looking. They're in silence. There's there's never much to be said on a Holy Saturday experience, is there? There's there's no easy, satisfactory answers to the confusion and the chaos. They're experiencing, I think, the same confusion, the same fears, the same emotions, the same doubts, the same disappointments, the same anxiety. Yet in the confusion, in that anxiety, in that temptation to walk, we don't see them leave. We see them sit in the stillness, in the confusion, facing the tomb. We see two different postures. And I just sense from God him saying, Church, which posture are we adopting during this season? As Joseph leaves, they remain. As Joseph looks away, they look towards. In the midst of their faith, in the midst of their fear, they display a faith. See, faith isn't the absence of fear, but it's the presence of a stronger trust in a greater God, a God who says the tomb isn't the end of the story, that we might go through Good Friday, the seasons of Good Friday, we might go through the seasons of of Easter Saturday, but we know the reality of God is that Sunday is coming. And it's not just a cliched phrase. It's a reality of life in the kingdom of God, that the resurrection brought the future that God is going to do of a new heaven, and a new earth, our bodily resurrection into all that God is promising. He brings it into the present. He brings it into the here and now. And we live in the reality of that. We live with a glimpse of what is to come now, not full, but yes, now. And it changes everything. The resurrection changes everything. But sometimes it can be really hard to see. This year, it's been really hard to see. This year that has changed us, has shaped us. And for some, it's not just this year. It's been many years and it's not just a pandemic. It's been multiple experiences. Maybe some of you feel like you've never been out of Easter Saturday. And the invitation is to take a seat in the silence of those unanswerable questions. Waiting, wondering, remembering with eyes of faith, watching the tomb. And the reality is all you can see is a rock. You can't see the Jesus in the tomb. You can't even see the dead Jesus in the tomb, let alone believe that he can be resurrected. All you can see is a rock in front of you. But with eyes of faith, we believe in a God who says the stone will be moved away. Easter Saturday will become Resurrection Sunday. Eyes that can make no sense of anything, but with faith we say this is not the end. And church, I want to say to you, this is not the end. I I don't know when the stone will be rolled away in your life, whether that's the pandemic or other circumstances. I wish I could. I wish I was the kind of pastor that could declare a a date and say, this is when it will happen. Maybe we can have faith for that. You know, today is the day. It's Dolmio Day. Today, God is going to move the stone away. But I, I don't know when, but I do know who. And I know that the only way we can know who is by keeping our eyes fixed on him knowing that that actually he will, he is the God of resurrection and he will do that. And I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on him, even though right now all I can see is a rock sitting in the presence of Jesus when nothing makes sense to me. When I'm tempted to leave, we don't do a Joseph and walk away. I'm sure there's been moments for each one of us in our life where we've been tempted to do that. But actually what we do is we sit and we stare with faith. I have been so encouraged by um, the NASA trip to to Mars. Has anyone seen the footage of NASA going to Mars? Hasn't it been incredible? We just sat and watched that ship land uh, uh, and it was just a great moment. Uh, And just so much I just sensed God speaking into my life during that. Uh, And one of the things of that was that the ship was called Perseverance. Of any name they could have called it. What a prophetic name over the church for this season. Perseverance. There were twenty-eight thousand possible names they could have called. They put it out to the kids of America and said, "Name this ship." Twenty-eight thousand responses came in, and they chose the name Perseverance out of all of those. And with that uh, name, that was submitted by one boy, uh, an essay was accompanied with it. And this is a line from the essay. It says, "This, we are a species of explorers." There's a word for our church we're a species of explorers we will never we will meet many setbacks on the way to mars however we can persevere church i want to say that something that god has been doing in and through his church during this season is a spiritual resilience that we didn't have prior the fact that you are online right now, there is a perseverance in his church to say we are not going to be set back by whatever the world can throw at us. We are going to be a worshipping community that declare Jesus is king, that he is the king of kings and that he is Lord of all. And we are not going to be stopped. We're going to gather even when it's not the way we want it to, because we've got a voice that declares who God is and what he can do. That's what his season is about. He's stirring something within his church. And let me tell you, there there is a time coming when God is going to say, Church, we're rolling the stone away. You're going to step in and see something you've not seen before. But that's what resurrection is about. You see, what happens is uh, if you go into John 20, you see that Mary is back at the the tomb again on on, on Resurrection Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning. And what happens is that she is there and she's crying. She's weeping. And this man who we know to be Jesus says to her, why are you crying? And she doesn't recognise Jesus. She doesn't see that it's Jesus. Why? Because she was at the tomb expecting to find a dead man. Instead, she found the resurrected Jesus. Church, we're going to step into some stuff that doesn't look like it used to, but it's far better than it ever was. What we have had to let go of doesn't compare to that which God is going to do. So we can look back and want to see a dead man, but actually what he's telling us to do is keep our eyes forward because actually what we're going to experience is a resurrected Jesus who says death has been defeated. Your sin is no longer what defines you. I am. And that's as a church what I believe we could step into if we persevere together, if we allow each other and there's something of doing it together. We see the two Marys are sat opposite the tomb, looking at that rock of confusion, knowing Jesus, something's going to happen. We know you, God, and it's not going to end here. They're together in unity, spurring one another on. Who are you doing this with? When you're tempted to run to that place of isolation, who are you doing this with? God is going to do something and I'm utterly convinced of that. There's a verse, a chapter and verse from Joshua that I just keep repeating over our church as I'm praying. This is the verse for us in this season. It's Joshua 3, verse 5. If you pray, and I hope you do, then pray this verse over our church. Joshua 3, 5. Consecrate yourselves today for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among us. God is going to do something that we cannot possibly experience. We're experiencing that which we've experienced up to now is like Jesus in the tomb. That which he's got for us is a resurrection that we can't possibly begin to understand. And it's about us being explorers, not experts. You know, I sat watching a triathlon yesterday on the TV and I'm a triathlon expert. I've never done a triathlon in my life. Love running, love swimming, cycling can give or take. Uh, Sorry, Ian, I know you love it, Um, but I've never done a triathlon, but I'm sat there and they're doing the transitions. And I'm like, oh, that's rubbish. Should have had your shoes. the way. Oh, come on. You can do that better. As if I'm the expert. These people have been training all their life for this moment. And I'm the one sat on an armchair that's an expert. That's not what this season is about that's this season is not about us being experts those of us that know what we need to do in this season and we've just got to go no this is about a season of exploration this is about saying God we're going to step into what we think you're doing and we're going to say God as we step into it will you come and meet us we're seeking you we're stepping into the things of you but are we experts no because we've not been this way before none of us know what this means none of us know what this looks like but we're exploring something in God because he's going to do wonders amongst tomorrow but today Joshua 3 5 tells us to consecrate ourselves. I'm convinced right now that we're in a season where God is calling us as a church to consecrate ourselves, to sit like those two Marys in the confusion, in the chaos, sitting in the presence and place of Jesus saying we want to be more like you, we need to see you, we can't go this way unless we see you because we need your presence and we need your power. So God we're going to rest with you and we're going to ask you to come and meet with us and change us and transform us to be more like you. For us it's a posture in the confusion, in the, in the chaos, what are we doing to keep our eyes of faith fixed on him? And when I say sitting in his presence, I'm not meaning waiting around doing nothing. But I mean not walking in our own strength, our own ability to control, but faithfully walking and seeking him in everything we do. So what does that mean for you? What does that mean for your family, your household that you're with right now? For the youngest in your family, to the oldest in your family, what does that mean? You need to figure that out. This isn't a season where as the church, we're drip feeding everybody, everything. Then this is about church. We're going to come together and be unified in our our consecration. But actually, what does it mean for you to be that on a daily basis? I know for us as a church, collectively, it means some stuff. And I know that you've been keen and and many of uh, many, a few have contacted me saying uh, we want to be back together physically. And I get that burden and I want it too. Uh, I think God has got something um, for us when we gather together. It's not just for our own experience, but it's for the sake of his kingdom. I wish I could unpack that more, but we will unpack that. But uh, I I want to say that that God is, I think, is calling us uh, into that place where we can physically be back together again. God is working something. And it's, it's important that we have moments where we're physically gathered uh, and, and the purpose of that is for consecration. See, it's been really challenging for us to find anywhere we can hire. Nowhere is hiring, but there is a local church and Andrews in and Shottery have said we want to be able to let our building be used by you guys. And we're really gracious to Craig Grucock, the minister there, who is his heart is for God and uh, for God's kingdom and for a move of the spirit. And he's really excited about the opportunity of a spirit filled seeking church going into that building and being together. Uh, But I want to say it won't look like it used to. Uh, It's not going to be a Sunday morning yet. It's certainly not going to be weekly. I'm not saying this is how it's going to be long term. But we're going to make some steps during the season where we're going to explore some stuff. God's calling us to be explorers, not experts. And so we're going to try some stuff. And, and, and this pandemic has shown us that we can be adaptable. Boy, as a church, have you been adaptable? Have you shown perseverance? Do we now know how, actually, what's the main thing and how do we keep the main thing the main thing and let, let it be simple and not complicated with, like some of us are spending six, nearly seven hours on a Sunday for an hour and a half service. I think we've got something topsy-turvy when that's going on and we're spending over £800 a month for an hour and a half service once a week. God's been speaking some of this stuff into into our church, into the leaders of what does this look like for us to steward what you've given us well and to, and to understand what it means to keep the main thing, the main thing and to be explorers. And so this season is one where we're going to step out and we're going to plan a physical gathering, hoping by the end of April, although with everything we've got to get sorted, it may be the end of May. But we're looking at uh, on the afternoon of the last Sunday of the month. We can physically come together for around an hour. We'll see what God does. But it is with the prime purpose of seeking him. So we're going to keep all of our online mornings together. Uh, We know that some of you are not in a position where you feel comfortable being in a space physically with others. That's fine. We'll try and live stream or do something with that physical gathering in the afternoon. So this is on top of. So we'll keep this monthly communion. It's going to be shorter, probably a focused time of communion. But in the afternoon we invite, it's probably going to have to be limited numbers. So we've got to figure out how to do all of that. But come together for a time where we're going to seek God and we're going to ask God to move. I can't help but look at the early church in Acts 2 when the day of Pentecost uh, fully came they were all together in one place and there came the sound of a mighty rushing wind from heaven when they got the opportunity to be together God did something amongst them and it was for the sake of the world he moved his spirit upon them not for them to have a jolly fun experience that they could consume with nice feelings it was actually for the sake of others and I think God is going to do something. And there's a season where we need to come together, not to be not to be consuming uh, what one person has, has got ready for us to have on a Sunday, but for us all to come together and seek God. And so that's our priority during this season. For how long? I don't know. But we're going to explore it. and We're going to ask God that by his spirit, he will move as we and we would have an encounter with him as we gather together physically, that we're all together in one place. It's been over a year since we've been able to be physically together in one place. And when we do, we ask God, we're seeking you and we're asking your spirit to move because without your presence, we can't do it. So I just want to invite you as we enter this season, uh, that, that there's something of the presence of God that he's got for us. And we're going to physically get together for that purpose. Might have to be socially distanced. We've got to figure out how all that works. What does it look like when God moves and we're not allowed to be near each other and all that kind of stuff. But there's something about it being united together uh, that I'm really excited for. Uh, And so as we uh, as we in a few moments just going to invite God just to come and move amongst us. um, I want to encourage you and say um, I've got a picture in my head of what the future could look like. I don't know what it means, um, but it's a picture of family. I know that. It's a picture of a family like any other family that our immediate family, uh, we, we do life together, we're spurring one another on, we, we, we journey through conflict and we journey through joy and, and fun and all that stuff together And because we're a family uh, and we do it every single day together. What could it look like for us to be a family of God that live like that? Then we have an extended family that meet up. We're blessed that our extended family live fairly locally. So we're able to have meals together and we come and we, we celebrate together and it's grandkids with parents and grandparents uh, getting together. It's not every single day, but we do it uh, and we, we, we prioritise those moments. What does it look like for us to be the family of God? And then every so often we've got wider family that live further afield that we don't see so much, but we gather together and we celebrate together and we have a big party, whatever event is that we need to get together and celebrate. I wonder what it could look like if we really were the family of God, where our gatherings are about a family coming together. Those who are new with those who are not sure whether they belong yet, eating alongside each other, those that have been part of the family for years. Not putting on an event where a few people serve so others can consume but actually together we're all serving all glorifying god eating together and that spills over into singing and we then gather around the story of god and we explore what it looks like for us each to step into the story of god for the sake of our friends our family our town our county kids learning from the adults and adults learning from the kids everybody using their gifts we see the sick getting healed the lonely are befriended around a table We start to speak the prophetic, start to speak uh, God's word into people's lives and we see chains broken and people set free. Do I know what it looks like and does it all make sense? No. It's an opportunity to explore. It's an invitation to explore. And so I know that tomorrow God is going to do wonders amongst us. Do I know when tomorrow is? No, we're starting to see it break through in certain areas. But I know what the call of today is. The call of today is to consecrate ourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among us. sit like the two marys in the midst of the confusion looking at that stone saying i don't get it all i don't understand it but in the confusion we're just going to keep our eyes fixed on jesus because he's going to do something and so church that's what we're going to do right now um ben vicky i wonder if you could just start to play because there's no plans for this um i want to invite you right now um just to be ready to receive from god we're just going to invite the holy spirit and and i just i just sense that he wants to meet with us um, and some of us have put restrictions on what God can do through Zoom or our emotions have, put, have led us to a place where we, we only enter partway in or we say, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. It's just not me. And I think God just wants to come and say, it's not stopping me. I'm going to come and meet with you. Maybe right now, as we just sit in his presence, maybe right now, that stone that is blocking Jesus will start to move. Maybe that stone looks like depression. Maybe that stone looks like sickness. Maybe that stone looks like an attitude, an addiction. And maybe that stone will start to move and you'll start to see the risen Jesus. There, we believe that deliverance could happen right now? There, we believe that the Spirit of God could fall on a whole family right now? Kids. I'd encourage you, if you've got kids, bring them in right now. Let Let's let them experience what it looks like for his church to seek his presence. Let's teach our kids in that. The Spirit of God, we just invite you right now. We welcome you. Holy Spirit, will you you be present amongst us as we just sit in your presence, as Ben just plays right now, like David played, and a piece just fell. Just ask, Spirit of God, will you come right now and meet with your church? For the sake of your kingdom, we welcome you.
1: In the pressing you are making I
2: Just asking, uh, just while we were singing that, I was just asking God, what, what do you want us to do? God, what are you calling us to? And um, just as there was just as Ben and Vicky were playing and singing the word "yield," so I yield to you. Just that word just jumped, and I was like, "God, are you wanting? A, what does that mean?" And I just went back to the the text we've been reading and just see that they were seated. Yielding to that place of trust, of just sitting in God's presence, yielding to that. Where we've been trying to get control ourselves, make it work, make it palatable, understand it. Sitting in his presence and yielding, and then facing the tomb. Facing the chaos, facing the confusion, yielding to him, saying, God, we trust you in this moment. Does it make any sense? No we trust you in it and I wonder if for some that's about trusting him for him using you trusting him for your healing trusting him that the lack of healing might just be what he's working in and through you yielding to that which is before us as his will and stepping into it. Judge, I want to encourage you right now. Why don't you change your posture right now? Whatever the comfortable posture is that you're in right now. Maybe for some that just means standing up. But just physically with our body, changing our posture with the prayer, God, I'm yielding to you. I'm yielding. Some it might be that you're standing up and you need to sit down and just be seated, For others just stand. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that we've adopted a posture in, in Zoom worship and I think God's just saying just shift your posture in an expectation that I'm going to shift something. So let's just shift that posture to that place of yielding. For some it might be kneeling, For some it might be a shifting of a posture thinking-wise. You know, I've just resented this season but actually there's an opportunity, God, for you to do something in and through it. spirit with all the different emotions and things that we're going through circumstances and situations as a church we're united right now seeking you whether we are at the beginning of this journey whether we doubt we're even on this journey whether we are way down and god we ask you just to come and meet with us pour out your spirit, pour out your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. For some, God is giving you a new vision. There's a change of vision. And as we seek him right now, that rock... It's almost like it becomes invisible there's a change of vision the circumstances aren't shifting but what you can see is shifting as you look to God there's a change in what you see and instead of it being disappointment instead of it being isolation and restriction it's freedom it's opportunity so sickness it's healing God will you, you say God will you pour out your healing in this moment Just for those right now that have got uh, something wrong with their body, I just encourage you, you, uh, as appropriately as it is on Zoom, to do this. uh, Put your hand on that part of your body that needs God's healing power to touch you. Just invite you right now, God, just to bring complete healing. Surprise us with your presence right now. Bring your healing. When we think we're restricted because of zoom god will you blow our mind of what you could actually do just like you did those that mary as she was expecting a dead man she finds a resurrected jesus come and bring your healing right now just the, the burning warmth of your spirit come and and burn up that sickness come and burn up those issues that we're facing in our body We yield to you and we trust you.
1: just what do that I can't control I will
2: moment if if you can just something's happening with the Holy Spirit in your house could you just wave at the screen um, just wave Good stuff you know we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony sometimes the word of our testimony can be a wave at a screen that says yeah God's doing something and what that actually does is it stirs faith in others to believe that if God's doing it for them maybe you could do it for me so do you just want to wave again at the screen if you just sense something of God's presence? Maybe you're praying for yourself and you're experiencing a peace or God's just doing something in this moment. Just wave at the screen to encourage others. It's the contemporary word of our testimony on Zoom. It's the wave of our hands. Be encouraged. God is stirring amongst us. God is moving. Got eyes of faith to keep them fixed on him. You know, just before we move into communion, I'm going to give it one more minute because those that have forgotten the clocks change may jump in on Zoom and realize that it's National Late to Church Sunday and they've arrived when they think they're on time and actually they're an hour late, but we're going to go into communion so they haven't missed it, so it's not a problem. Um, so I just want to say this um, just as I've been praying this week, um, I, I, I felt God, uh, and I, I say this reluctantly, those that have been part of the church know that I very reluctantly say, God has said, this isn't necessarily God has said, but I just felt this for us as we seek consecration and we seek him, um, that actually this season is one where the way God moves is not going to be the way we expect God to move. But as, as a Pentecostal church, we might be living in a past experience where the power and move of God was very visible and physical, and it was outward and demonstrative. I just think there's something of what God is doing in this season where the world might be reacting to what's going on in an outward, demonstrative kind of way tuning into the news what we're seeing uh you know uh, the verbal uh, way the world is responding and social media and and protesting and i'm not making any comment on any of that but what i'm saying is that the, the the culture of the kingdom is opposite to that of the world and i think there might just be a quiet move of the spirit and and as you might be experiencing healing right now it may not come in some over demonstrative physical way but actually in a few days you realize you can do something that you couldn't do previously and we need to keep hold of that and we need to glorify and share the story of what god is doing because he's doing something new and it's like you know like uh, no i'm not going to go into that we're going to go into communion just feel god saying it's going to communion so much i can share so much we're going to go into i'd encourage you to start reading joshua we're going to dive into that when we finish with philippians just so much of what god is saying to us is part of what joshua's journey is but Joe, will you just lead us now, just the next couple of minutes, as we take communion together? That would be fantastic.
0: I will. Um, yeah, as we come into communion, just for those who have waved, I just thought it'd be really, really nice um, if we could have two volunteers who'd like to give thanks, one after we've taken bread and one after we've taken the wine. So I'm going to give you some time to have a think if you'd like to volunteer. Um, but... When God moves, you don't want to hold back, and um, please do to, um, do pray, uh, we'd love to hear from you. But I just want to start with uh, communion, and um, just as we remind ourselves of, of what Jesus has done for us, um, just reading from Hebrews here, um, Therefore, since we now have the confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain and that is through his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw now near to God, with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly onto the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And that's his um, His heart for us, this new covenant, has been opened up for us, and as we are in this holy week and just preparing and looking towards Easter, Good Friday, and and just meditating on what he's done, um, he's opened up a whole new way. It's not the old way, it's a new covenant and a new agreement that he has done for us. So, Father, I just thank you. You are a mighty God. I thank you for what you have done this morning we each are one of us individually thank you that you have made a way that father you have um spoken to us individually and that we can know that that stone is rolled away that you are a mighty risen god a healing god a god who hears us a god who understands us and a god we can have a relationship with We can do that through your precious son, Jesus. So the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he said, this is my body, which is for you. And he broke it and he said, take and eat this bread and do it. In remembrance of me. And if someone would like to just give thanks, just turn on your new mics. You'd like to pray.
1: Lord Jesus thank you that life with you is actually really simple but all we need to do is to come to you to be in your presence to ask what we might do and to ask Lord how you might heal us thank you Lord that around us we see sometimes things that are not the best but with you Lord you take us through and out the other side and you heal us and you teach us but above all lord you love us and thank you for that in jesus name
0: Mm. amen and then in the same way after supper he took the cup and he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Take and drink. if someone would like to give thanks just turn on your mics Lord Jesus we just thank you that you are with us all the time even during this lockdown Lord that you have been teaching us new things and that you are preparing us because we believe in faith that you are going to show us what is the new thing that you're doing And Lord, it's not going to be the same, but Lord, we thank you that you've been showing us that things are going to be different, that your Holy Spirit is with us. And Lord, we just long to share with others. And we long to be together as a church in in reality. So we bless you and thank you. You are such a good, good God. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm gonna hand over to to Ben.
1: cha uh-huh. Thank you for this time together. We thank you that, that you're always here, that you're ever-present. We thank you for the move of your spirit among us in ways that we don't understand, that we can't comprehend, and that is most definitely new in the life of your church. So, Lord, this week as we remember and enter into Holy Week, would you draw us into the story that you walked? Show us who you are. And show us what you're going to do. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen, guys. Thank you for being with us this morning. Uh, I'm just going to repost the uh, notices for those that may have logged on after. I don't think the chat shows up for those. So we'll post those. Um, but otherwise, uh, have a blessed day. And do check out on the links and different things for what we've got coming up over Easter. It is online. But just uh, I really know that God can do stuff through this. And uh, so do invite people along to different things, but have a blessed week uh, and uh, we'll see you all uh, in the not too distant future, I'm sure.